Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, we are going to be talking... Okay, first and foremost, I'm just going to disclaim this. Tara and I are not so stoked about this episode. <laughs> so, like, literally 30 seconds in, you're like, God, they hate this. Yeah, no, kind of. No, well, no. It's just we're not, obviously, we're not fans. Eileen fans. But that's yeah. okay. It's It's been highly requested for, like, three years, so... And we keep trying to do it every March. We're like, it's International Women's Day month or whatever. We're like, we're going to do it. And then we're like, no. Literally, I was laughing at myself because the I read the book on my Kindle that I read for this. Mm-hmm. And the purchase date was literally last February. <laughs> See, we were trying. <laughs> I think I have an audio book about her. And um, I'm pretty sure I bought it like two <laughs> Marches ago. I think it's the same book I read. So I'm pretty sure we were like, yes, the same. Yay. I'm pretty sure. But anyways. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I didn't listen to it because I didn't like the narrator. I think that was the reason I couldn't get through it. Yeah, that'll kill an audiobook for sure. But before we do that, you want to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at 3 Girls. If you want to hang out with other spooksters like yourselves, head over to our Facebook group, Three Spooked Girls Official mm-hmm. on Facebook. Super fun. We do exchanges in there. That's where we do the the book club. Mm-hmm. We do, I don't know, just fun things. We do, that's where we do our discussion thread for episodes. So if you want to talk about them, it's all over there, mm-hmm. all in the Facebook group. It's mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty legit and I like it. So you Yay. should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls or clicking the link in the show notes that will take you there. It'll take you pretty much anywhere you want to go that belongs Mm -hmm. to us. Imagine sleeping at your favorite hotel every night. That's exactly what slipping into Etitude's clean bamboo sheets feels like. When we say it's the most comfortable fabric you'll ever feel, we mean it. Etitude sheets are luxuriously soft as smooth as silk, more breathable than cotton, and hypoallergenic. Etitude's sustainable bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric. 
so you can rest easy knowing your bedding is free from harmful chemicals and better for you and the planet. And right now, Etitude is offering three Spooked Girls listeners $25 off their first bedding order with code SPOOKEDGIRLS. So why are we obsessed with Etitude? Like I mentioned last time, they are so buttery, so soft, they just feel amazing. And on top of that, they keep you cool. So if you're a warm sleeper like I am, you're going to love these sheets. And that's not the only reason we love them. They're dedicated to improving the planet. Etitude is committed to going beyond sustainability by creating products consciously and giving back. Their bedding is ethically crafted from regenerative natural resources, and every purchase gives back 1% to the environmental nonprofits. Etitude is a B Corp company, climate neutral certified, and a member of 1% for the planet, aka no BS greenwashing like other brands. Don't forget, you can get $25 off your betting order for a limited time when you visit etitude.com slash spooked girls. That's spelled E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash spooked girls. The Etitude team is so sure you'll love your new sheets that you can try them 30 nights risk-free and return them with no questions asked. And don't worry, none of their returns ever go to waste. Each sheet, pillowcase, and everything in between is given a second life through their take-back and donation programs. Again, that's etitude.com slash spooked girls. Happy sleeping. For as little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode on the last day of the month. And $5 and up, get extra stuff. We mm-hmm. have Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews and plot lines. And Tara does Haunted Grounds, where she talks about a haunted object. And sometimes mm-hmm. they scare the shit out of me. <laughs> and she'll send me text messages in the middle of the month like, have you heard of this one? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to look. <laughs> no. And I don't want to know. <laughs> right? No, thank you. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Which means it's perfect. Terrors are really great. So you should definitely like, well, my, I think mine are pretty good too. I'm like, mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. I was just like downplaying mine, but. Sorry, I was taking a drink of tea. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had tea in my mouth. So I was like, I can't say anything. It's no, fine. it was more about like, I was self-deprecating right there. I was like, no, I'm horrible. No, a lot of fun. Ooh, no. The that knives, that, that one was, was great. The psych- oh my just, God. Jessica just did that. And then, well, I don't know what movie's for this month, but it will be over there soon. It's going to be, okay, it's going to either be something new on Hulu that I've seen and want to watch because I love the actress in it, uh-huh. or it's going to be this, like, I have to find it. I found it. You know, like, those TikToks that show you, like, a minute of, like, a movie and then they mm-hmm. only give you, like eight of them but it's like kind of plot lines throughout the Mm -hmm. movie and then it's like this girl went into a coma for six months woke up and she had a baby or something weird yeah yeah so (laughs) there's a movie i have to figure out what it is it has christy carlson romano from even (gasps) stevens and the chick who plays vicky donovan on vampire diaries oh i'm here for this yeah so and i feel like it's gonna be a little true crimey like I feel like okay. Christy Carlson Romano's character. It's it's gonna be great. It's it's either gonna yeah. be real cheesy or really great, which we'll in turn is great. But you know what? Sure. I'm really a fan of her ever since like she fin- came on TikTok and stuff. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm here for this. I will happily watch any of the choices, obviously. So yeah, so yeah, it'll be fun. Speaking of TikTok, mm-hmm. if you love TikTok content, you should follow Tara Please. if you haven't already. You should stop 
what you're doing right now, hit pause, go to TikTok, <laughs> look up spooky underscore sleuth, hit the follow button. Also, we have our Spookster store, which is run through a Facebook group. You can mm-hmm. find it through the Facebook group. I believe it is also in the show notes in the link tree. Mm-hmm. And Tara is doing a pre-order on crystals. Yeah. It actually, so today is Monday. It ends Wednesday. So the 22nd. Yes. That closes. Just in case you're listening to this, like, in a few weeks or whatever. After. <laughs> hey, there may be another one. Just come over there. Cause right. But definitely like check it out. like it. I was very excited this time because she was like, which ones do you like? And I was like, these ones. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So definitely check them out. We do that. We do blind date with a book. We do Tara does tarot readings. I don't know if she has any openings. She announces those in the Facebook group mm-hmm. and on our socials. So you should mm-hmm. definitely pay attention to those because that's when you know and her books are open for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll just head straight into this chaotic story now. Eileen Land. I Oh, that would be the worst. Let's go to Florida. Mm, you're just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. You know, I have to say, I'm sorry. I just think it's interesting that, (laughs) damn, if someone's new, they're like, these bitches, why the fuck are you even doing this then? Because we just like to fucking make you guys happy, okay? No, but I'm kind of like laughing extra because like, you're the serial killer person and you're always like, okay, cool. And and I'm the (laughs) one that's like, man, I'm still gonna put all my effort into it, but man, fuck this shit. But this time we were both like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna disclaim this the reason is tara and i have a really well i'll just say that i'll speak for myself she can agree if she wants to uh-huh, uh-huh. i have a really hard time with someone who commits a crime and then plays victim yeah and seven men lost their lives and she blames them for it and mm-hmm. that's like the same mentality of like when women get raped right and that bothers me. Yeah. So well, and and gender and equality our- on my hate for that. <laughs> and I think too, with our pasts and the past traumas both of us have went through, we also mm. kind of have a little bit of insight when it comes right. to that discussion as well. So, right, true. All I gotta say is we ain't out here murdering anybody. So it's there's true. that. <laughs> I have a hard time killing bugs, so. <laughs> oh, no, I will take my shoe and smash those. Smash those hoes. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the bug. Like, if it's a gross bug, I'll be like, you dying. Or if I'm like, that bug will hurt me, I will kill it. But if it's just mm-hmm. like, like my apartment when it rains. Yeah. This sounds gross, but worms slither under the door. Mm-hmm. And I always take the worms back outside. <laughs> Okay, that's different. I, sc- I, I like squish the scary spiders, yeah. okay? Okay, so we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> we're just not killing random things. We're like, we're very, okay. No, no, no. But anyway. But all right, Eileen. Back to Eileen. So Eileen mm-hmm. Carol Warnos Pittman is her full name. And somewhere in there, someone, I saw one article that said her, there was like Lee involved. Like that was another name she went by. I'm assuming yeah. from like, from like Eileen. Yes dropped the letters so just yes. want to set that out she was born in rochester michigan on february 29th 1956 she was in fact a leap year baby yes 
Her mom was Diane Warnos, and she was 14 years old when she married Eileen's father, who was 18, whose name is Lee Dale Pittman. And they got married on June 3rd, 1954. Less than a year later, in March, Diane gave birth to Eileen's older brother, Keith. Mm -hmm. And then on, obviously, like the next year, they had another child. Right. So the the marriage barely lasted. Two months after Eileen was born, Diane filed for divorce. And just like keeping in context, that would make her 16 years old. Right. So it's kind of like, are you surprised that that ended? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Eileen's dad was not a good person. Eileen actually never met her father because he went Mm -hmm. to prison very shortly after she was born Mm -hmm. because he had essayed a seven-year-old girl. So while he was in prison, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, which does Mm -hmm. kind of make sense later on when you look at Eileen's life. If schizophrenia is hereditary, Mm -hmm. you would think that she, like, this makes sense in in a sense. Yeah. But he would actually end up unaliving himself in prison in January of 1969. So she didn't have any contact with him, but Mm -hmm. she did not, she technically didn't win the genetic lottery there. Gotcha. Diane was not very maternal. She partied a lot. She was high a lot. She did. She was drinking a lot. And it got to the point where like her grand, her parents, Diane's parents were like, you can't fucking raise kids if you're a party girl. And Mm -hmm. so they took the kids when Eileen was four years old. So some people say that Diane abandoned them. Some people say that. I just want to point out if you're like reading the grandfather's name, it's spelled L-A-U-R-I, but I saw that someone says they pronounce it Larry and not Lori. Okay. So it's Larry and Britta Warnos. Mm-hmm. And they actually would go on to legally adopt them, which is why you will hear Eileen say she has an older sister. Mm-hmm. Because technically her older sister is her aunt. Right. And her older sister's name is Lori. Lori actually said that her parents would treat, basically they would treat anything that came from Diane as like crap. Like, so at Christmas time when Diane would like send them Christmas presents, Mm -hmm. they would like be like, oh, your biological mom sent you these presents, but I'm gonna throw them away. You can't have them. Mm. So it was very like weird. Yeah. And it said at one point in time, they had like found a cat that they were like, oh, like, I love this cat. And Larry was like, I don't fucking want to take care of a cat. And instead of just being like, let's drop it at a shelter, he made the kids go watch him drown the cat. That is disgusting. It's also noted that both Larry and Britta were very much alcoholics. Super duper alcoholics. Mm. One of the things that we will you will note throughout Eileen's life is that she was sexually active at a very early age. Yes. They don't actually know when it began. There was a guy, like one of Keith's friends named Mark, that she originally attributes to like losing her virginity to at 11. Mm-hmm. And they would like frequently hook up. Yeah. Eileen began to exchange sex for things like money, cigarettes, and food. And unfortunately, it kind of gave her a very negative nickname, which Mm -hmm. has like, it's really kind of gross. Yeah. So if you want to know it, you can Google it. 
Mm-hmm. But all the boys in town would kind of call her this. And I kind of was like reading part, like an excerpt of a book. It's called Lethal Intent. Mm-hmm. And this kid, Gary, was like 16. He was like, you know how like when you're in high school, I don't know. It's because I wasn't a boy. I've never been a boy. So like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but like I knew guys in high school who like all they wanted to do was lose their virginity. They didn't want to be virgins anymore. It was like mm-hmm. they were willing to sleep with anyone because they didn't want to. And this guy, mm-hmm. Gary, like kind of recants the story of that's what it was. And he was like, I want to lose my virginity. I'm tired of being a virgin. So. Basically, he and this, like, group of guys went out to, like, see where Eileen was in the woods, Mm -hmm. which is where she would, like, hook up with these guys, as well as at, like, gas stations and, like, other places. And they, like, basically, like, argued over who could sleep with her first. And this guy, Gary, was like, come on, guys, I'm a virgin. It's my first time. Let me go first. And so they were like, okay. And just kind of to show you how, like, transactional sex was for her, like, she was having sex and these guys like she was having sex with Gary and the other guys were like 15 feet away sitting on the ground with their backs turned. Right. And they were like yelling to him to hurry up. And so there were other stories of how she needed places to be able to do these things at. So like she let this guy who worked at one of like the local like gas stations sleep with her so that Mm -hmm. she could use their storage room. So like, she very much understood that sex could be her currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is talked about a lot when it comes to Eileen is that her sexual activities were not necessarily just outside of the home. Her brother's friend, Mark, has said that her brother Keith and her used mm-hmm. to actually have sex. And his cooperating of this story is Because Eileen, in some of her later interviews, would talk about, like, yes, she did. And then other times she would say, no, she didn't. Right. But according to Mark, what it or like the person that they refer to as Mark, he was friends with Keith. And Keith was like, I'm super embarrassed because I don't have any experience. And they kind of like the three of them talked about it. And they just like came to the determination that Eileen would help teach him how to have sex. So that he wasn't bad at it. Jesus. But there's also the story that her grandfather assaulted Mm -hmm. her as well. Mm -hmm. And if you like when and especially when she was like younger. And I think she probably was. I think he probably sexually assaulted her when she was younger. Like very much younger. Mm -hmm. And because I'm trying to get to the leap where she's like, it's not taboo to sleep with my brother. And if you're a young child and your grandfather is and you're for your dad in all intense purposes mm-hmm. is doing this to you and there's no person in your life telling you that that's wrong yeah i don't agree with it but i could like understand why she would not be like well no i, I that's off limits yeah i do think eileen warnos was a very very troubled person i do think that i want to point that out mm-hmm. in 1970 she and her friend Dawn, Dawn will come in throughout, like, I don't know, Dawn is kind of her best friend. Later, once she was in prison, she would, like, write Dawn letters. So if you watch a lot of documentaries and stuff, like, Dawn will be in them. Mm-hmm. She still has all the letters Eileen wrote her and all of that. So, like, it was very much like, you know, Dawn was her best friend. 
And right. it kind of sounds probably like she was her only friend growing up because yeah. of like how people around her treated her. She said that when the, in 1970, when Eileen was 14, they went to a party at one of her grandfather's friend's house. This was like a guy, he was in his 60s. Mm-hmm. He was in his 60s, but he was like that guy who basically like let kids come party at his house. Ew. And it's that the quote that Dawn said is that guy Ard her was like 60 years old and he loved kids. Eileen was drunk and he took advantage of her and shit like that. And that's how she got pregnant. So Eileen actually became pregnant when she was 15 or 14. Mm-hmm. Her grandfather, her grandparents became like very upset about this. And they made her go stay at one of those homes for like unwed women mm-hmm. or unwed mothers. And she had the baby. She had a son, which she did say that she named Keith Warnos, but her grandfather put the baby up for adoption. Mm-hmm. So she actually, like, according to Dawn, the story that was recanted to her was that Eileen never even saw the baby. And this was this this was seventies, like that's that tracks. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that in some cases today they still like in some states they still don't do that. Like if you're an unwed mom and you give birth and you're giving it up for adoption, they don't let you see it. <laughs> they see the child. Yeah. And then Eileen went back home, and it said that her son was born on March twenty third, nineteen seventy one. And she came home, and a few months later, she dropped out of school because at the same time, her grandmother had died of liver failure. So now she's missing, like, the motherly figure she has in her life. She's left with an accused, or not really accused, but we're accusing him of sexual assault, sexually assaulting grandfather, a brother who has blurred the lines of, you know, proper behavior. And she's just running wild, kind of, in her town. She's back doing the things that she she knew she could do. And she dropped out of high school. And this was kind of like the last straw for her grandfather. And he kicked her out of their home at the age of 15. And it said that she went and made a home in the woods behind their house. And mm-hmm. basically how she kind of survived was she would either find abandoned cars in the woods and like stay in them or people who knew her or her clients would let her come stay. So I have a feeling she was also trading that for shelter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. When she was 18 years old, she had made her way down to Colorado, which is the first time she was arrested. I don't know how she wasn't arrested in her hometown for the, you know, sex work. But I have a feeling it was one of those, like, just turn the other way because how young she was. Mm-hmm. But in May of 1974, like I said, she was in Jefferson County, Colorado. She got pulled over for driving under the influence and she was being disorderly. She also had fired her 22 caliber pistol while she was driving, which is illegal. And she, you know, skipped out on a failure to appear. And went back up to Michigan. And she was there for a couple more years until Larry would die of carbon monoxide poisoning. Cool. Suspicious. Interesting. <laughs> Literally, the article said, unclear whether it was intentional. <laughs> I was like, oh, did someone kill Larry? <laughs> At that point in time, she hitchhiked. It's ni- Now it's 1976. Eileen hitchhiked to Florida for the first time. 
And she thought she hit the jackpot when she met and quickly married Louis Fell, Louis Gratz Fell. He was 69 years old and she was 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like a picture of her out there where she's like is sitting next to a guy that I think everyone just assumes is her dad. Oh, yeah, it's her husband. It's her husband. <laughs> they met. They got married. They announced it. They were like, oh, my God, look at us. That Like that picture was in literally like the society pages of the newspaper. And Eileen was like, cool, I'm married. I got myself a rich husband because he's a yacht club president. So like, you know, he has the monies. And she would go out to the bars and she would hoop it up or whatever. And she'd get thrown in jail. And Lewis didn't really like that at all. Also, when he tried to stand up to her and be like, no, you're not going to do this, she attacked him with his own cane and beat the crud out of him, which led him to getting a restraining order. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> mind you, they got ma- <laughs> they got married. They were only married for nine weeks. Right. Super short. <laughs> with the restraining order and everything. Yeah. She also was like. She'd gotten into a lot of trouble. Like, she threw up a cue ball at a bartender's head. Eesh, that's like, scary. she just was, like, all kinds of, like, partying it up. And basically, she went home. Mm-hmm. Now, she goes home on July 14th, and she's actually arrested. And then she's released. And then on July 17th, her brother dies of esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. Her husband, the annulment has happened, everything Mm -hmm. like that. Basically, (laughs) Eileen has to pay a $105 fine for, like, her criminal charges. And then she's given $10,000 of life insurance that Keith left her. Which he probably was like, she needs some help. I'm going to leave her some help. Mm -hmm. So now, essentially, everyone but her older sister, Lori, in her life has passed. Diane doesn't come back into her life. Uh, obviously, her dad, this her biological father, did not make it out of prison. Her grandfather and her grandmother have all died. So she decides that she's going to figure some stuff out. So she has her $10,000 that her brother thinks, oh, she's going to, like, make this work. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She spends the $10,000 in two months. That is so, when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> Because it's not like you spent $10,000 because you were paying off credit card debt or student loans and, you know, stuff like that. This is like the 70s. So like a down payment on a house. A house. Yes. No. (laughs) Just bye. Like, I wonder if in the 70s you could actually buy a house for $10,000 somewhere. Oh, dude. Yeah. Probably. So, (laughs) right. So she's kind of like trying to figure stuff out. And so the next couple of years, she's hanging around back home, and she actually does try to unalive herself. Basically, from the ages of, like, 14 to 22, she makes six attempts. Mm. In 1978, which I think was one of her last attempts, she actually shot herself in the stomach. Oh, fuck. Which has to be a super painful way. For real. Oh, my gosh. But she heals from that, and she spends a, a few more years in michigan and then or at some point she moves back down to florida i don't Mm -hmm. actually have that date sorry guys that's okay and the next time she gets in trouble with the law is on may 20th 1981 
And she's arrested for armed robbery, robbery of a convenience store. She stole $35, two packs of cigarettes. And she basically served a year. She was mm-hmm. put in prison on May 4th of 1982 and was released on June 30th of 1983. Over the years, she has like more run-ins. A lot of it has to do with theft. I think she's stealing to survive at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, none of her, like, thefts are things that are, like, like, she robbed a bank. There's nothing like that. You're never going to find that. It's going to be, like, small things where she's just really trying to, like, survive. Which is going to bring us to 1986. And Eileen meets someone who kind of changes her life. She meets Tyra Moore, or Tyra goes by Ty a lot. Tyra Mm -hmm. Moore, they meet at a bar in Daytona Beach. It's called Zodiac, which I was like, I like that name. (laughs) <laughs> it was a gay bar because Eileen, I don't know what Eileen's sexual identity was. I believe like she, I, I mean, mean, she definitely liked women. Yeah. Both her and Ty refer to themselves as lesbians. So there we go. Yeah. And they kind of just, you know, they were living together and Eileen was basically like doing sex work to kind of like provide a life for them. Mm hmm. And they would go to the bars and they would, you know, party and they kind of would like, they kind of crash with different people and they, you know, it was just like, that was their lifestyle. And that's basically how they lived until like, well, 1990 kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. So the first known victim that we know of Eileen's Mm -hmm. is... The murder date happened on November 30th of 1989. Mm-hmm. His name is Richard Mallory. And basically, he was one of her clients. Eileen was out working and she came across him and they d- basically drove to this secluded area where they could like have some private time. And according to Eileen later... Richard would attack her and he would beat her. He would SA her. He would sodomize her. And basically, out of self defense, she shot him. So, what happened is like she drove his car, like basically, she took his body into like, she took him into a wooded area and left the body and then drove the truck or his Mm -hmm. car and left it in another area. So, actually, on like December 2nd, They found his car. The sheriffs found his car. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this man is missing. So they started looking. That's when they found him a few days later. And Mm -hmm. he had, you know, he'd been shot several times. They actually found two of the bullets in his lungs still. So they knew he had been killed. And they put two and two together and realized that this was Richard Mallory, whose car they had found a few days earlier. And the police are like, okay, this is suspicious. We should start investigating this murder. They didn't have any leads at this point in time. So they were like looking into trying to find the killer. And this would happen in the Clearwater area. It's also noted that Richard did have priors when it came to sexual assault. He had been convicted previously in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On May 19th, 1990, a missing persons report was filed for David Andrew Spears. He was 47 and a construction worker. And they, you know, they were out looking for him and they would actually find him. Didn't take them very long. They found him on June 1st, 1990. 
They found him naked and they found him along Route 19 in Citrus County, Florida, and he had been shot six times with a 22 pistol. Yeesh. Right. I like how I'm reacting like I don't know what, what's happened, but it's fine. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, this information I did not know. <laughs> Charles Karskidden, who was 40 years old, he was a rodeo worker on May 31st. So while David is still being looked for, Charles goes missing, but his body is actually found on June 6th. It was found in Picasso County. And he had been shot nine times with a 22 caliber weapon that said his body was wrapped in an electric blanket and was very badly decomposed. And his possessions had actually been taken. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, like, well, like later, I should say, it had been identified that Eileen had actually like pawned several of his possessions. Right. Mm-hmm. Which not a good thing because they definitely traced that back to him. The next victim and kind of crime makes me a little sad because it was Peter Adram Sims. He was age 65. He was a retired merchant seaman. And basically it was said that in June of 1990, he was leaving his home in Florida to drive to Arkansas. And they actually found his car on July 4th, 1990 in Orange Springs. And the family of Peter really kind of got upset. One, mm-hmm. his body was never recovered. And two, when he kind of started getting lumped in with these kind of crimes and they were like noticing a pattern along the freeways and that men, their cars were found abandoned and things like that. They were like, oh, what's happening? And then, I mean, obviously, spoiler alerts, Eileen gets caught. They yeah. kind of put back in or they kind of say like all these men were out looking for a sex worker but peter mm. was not right peter actually they in an in a documentary i saw they interviewed his nephew and his nephew actually was like uncle like why do you pick up hitchhikers it's so dangerous and he's like honestly if they kill me like i just want to tell them about jesus like i get that like we don't push religious ideology here at all and we don't like condone you trapping people in your car to talk about religion but like mm-hmm. he honestly thought he was like helping people by like driving them places they needed because he knew that he was a nice person and that he mm-hmm. wasn't going to hurt them mm-hmm. and he was going to get them safely to their destination and maybe he would change their life along the way that was his philosophy and so i feel very badly for all the victims but like my heart kind of ached a little bit more for him because it was he was such a good person and he just really wanted to help her. I know. And she admits this in the letters that she writes to Dawn. She t- says, like, all he was trying to do was help me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the reasons why I don't like her. Mm-hmm. Now we're into, like, June, July of 1990. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to think I was so young <laughs> when this was all happening. Right. I didn't even exist. It's fine. It's true. (laughs) I was learning colors at this point. So Troy Burris was 50 years old. He was a sausage salesman. Hmm. That's got to be an interesting. You have to smell like meat all the time. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I just like kind of think about how like when I worked at Subway, I would smell like stuff at Subway when I was in high school. (laughs) Right. Same thing. I just picture, like, the sausage salesman, like, going home after work and the family being like, you really smell like 
sausage. Salami today. <laughs> I bet he was very popular with dogs. Oh my gosh, probably. I bet every animal was just like, hello, friend. Mm-hmm, fantastic. Probably. On July 31st, he was reported missing. And it didn't take them very long at all. Like, it was five days. They found his body off of State Road 19 in Marion County. And he had been shot twice. And his body Mm -hmm. was found in a wooded area. So all Mm -hmm. of these bodies, except for Peter, are found in wooded areas or very close. Wooded areas very close to freeways. Mm -hmm. Our next person was Charles Richard Humphreys. He was 56 and he was a retired U.S. Air Force major. He was actually a former state child abuse investigator, a former police chief. On September 11th, 1990, he went missing. And on September 12th, his body was found in Marion County. He was Mm -hmm. fully clothed and had been shot seven times in the head and torso. Mm -hmm. His car was not found there. His car Mm -hmm. was found a couple counties over. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it's his car or another person's car, but actually, like, Eileen and Ty had been driving it around, and they actually, like, lost control and crashed it. Yeah. (laughs) And then they, like, scampered away. And, like, one of the people, like, in the neighborhood saw that. They're like, are you okay? They're like, we're fine. Eileen was, like, bleeding. Yes. Oh, my God. My favorite part of that story was like the old couple that was sitting on their porch that watched it all happen, that literally watched them crash. And they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they just like got back in and like teetered away because then they got a flat fucking tire. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? And it wasn't their car. And so like they, ab- right. I think they just abandoned it. Like they were like, peace out, car. Oh, yeah. Because like and then they got out and then they were walking. I remember that. And then fucking Eileen, like, her arm got cut from, like, probably a window or something when they crashed. Because I think they flipped it. And she was, like, bleeding and shit. And someone was like, oh, my God, were you in that car accident? And she's like, nope. What car accident? Nope. Not us. I'm like, but you're fucking (laughs) bleeding everywhere. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you know what the interesting thing is? She didn't give a reason. No. They were like, were you in the car accident? She's like, no. And she wasn't like, no, I ran into, like, a door or me, like, the bathroom stall at the restaurant. I literally have an cut on my arm. She's just like, no, fuck you. And that's it. <laughs> right. It was like, whatever. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was very absurd. And also, like, Eileen would steal a lot of the stuff that the mm-hmm. men had on them. And she would either, like, give it to Ty or she would, like, keep it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Charles's car that she took. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like that kind of shit. Like, she just did, like, weird things that... A bunch of people would have been like, this seems suspect. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then her final victim that we know of is Walter Antonio. He was age 62, and he was a trucker, a security guard, and a reserve police officer. On mm. November 19th, so almost like a whole year this happened. Right. On November 19th, 1990, he was found nearly naked. And my fucked up brain was like, nearly naked? How can you be nearly naked? Because, you know, I'm... No, I thought that too, because... Oh okay, my God, no, I did too, because in real time, it's been my daughter's spring break, and Jess knows this, but like, her and I have been watching, or re-watching for me, all the Harry Potter movies, so that is where my brain went with that as well. Oh my God, can you please <laughs> tell them the Voldemort story? It's like my favorite thing I've ever heard. Okay, yeah. So we were watching Half-Blood Prince earlier, like a couple hours ago, and the Horcrux intro more in-depth thing comes out, right? 
And so I'm explaining it to her because she's 10. And she's doesn't even ask. She just says it as a statement. She's like, so matter of factly, oh, that's why Voldemort doesn't have a nose. And I was like, no. And she's so fixated on this this whole time we've watched the fucking series. We have went through this multiple times. I'm like, no, his nose looks like a snake nose because blah, 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 blah. And she's still just like fixated. I'm like, bro, we're on the I mean, last movie now. I don't now. think she's wrong, though. I don't <laughs> she's think she's not. wrong. No, no, because you know so what? It is a good me. point. It was just I fucking cracked up, but because I was not expecting her to say that. But it was like so matter of fact. But uh, you know, I mean, I guess it makes sense because like he's less human every time he ripped a piece of his soul out. So, mm-hmm. just so you know, if you do horror cracks, you lose your nose. One of the things. <laughs> okay, so Walter was found on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety. So almost a full year after she started her. Sp- her killing whatever mm. i was gonna say spree but she's not a spree killer i don't want people to think mm-hmm. i think she's a spree killer but like her basically no. like her killing timeline was november yeah. 19th 1990 and once again he was found like off a beaten path this mm-hmm. time it was a logging road but it's kind of like you think it's like a place like how i kind of felt like where her victims were found they were found in places you would want to go hook up if you didn't have your own place right so he had been shot four times, mm-hmm. and then they found his car five days later, and it was in a different county. Because mm-hmm. I really just think that she, like, took their car, and, like, that was her transportation to wherever she needed to go. And then yeah, I don't know the state of the car, but I'm wondering if it, like, ran out of gas, and she was just like, well, I'm done with it. So, guys, Tara and I were looking at the time, and we realized that my portion took almost an hour, and... Her part is like equally as long. As well. <laughs> so, so Tara and I looked at the time and we realized that this episode was going to be a long one, like a long, mm-hmm. long one. So, mm-hmm. to hear part two and how Miss Eileen Warnos got captured and Amazing. all that shenanigans, yes, come back on Thursday where we will have a part two. We don't normally do this to you, we normally give you a heads up pretty early, but. That's what it is. If you read the title, it will say part one. So, I mean. It will. You would have had. There you go. There you go. That's your warning. (laughs) Here's your warning now. Surprise. (laughs) So, with that, we will be back on Thursday for a part dos or two. And we will see you then. So, toodles, guys. Bye. Bye.